What is up, BBB Army? Welcome back to our amazing channel, BBB Army Hearts to Hearts. My name is Ruth. And I'm Nicole. And we have two special guests for today's episode, as you see from the screen. Two special guests here. So we have Sherry and we have the one and only Chris Beersack with us, back with us again. So <laughs> thank you guys so much for coming on. Of course. I've been looking forward to this. We've been waiting. I mean, we kind of put this off for a while. We've been wanting to do, we wanted to do this way earlier than this, but we, we put it off. Schedules were not aligning up. I think that was on my part, educational. <laughs> No, no, no. I think it was more on my part. I'm, I'm the one that caused the delay, honestly. But it's good to be back. Good to be here talking to y'all. See your faces again. I know Missed it's been a minute and I'm just, I'm just super excited just to have all of us together for this episode, honestly. So before we get started, I just wanted to congratulate you guys on going over a year as uh, podcasters or Almost. having we're not all, we're almost there <laughs> well by the time by the time i'm on here the next time it'll be over a year so oh, yeah right yes if, I, if you ever invite me back you know. <laughs> that'll never happen <laughs> it's an episode by episode contract that i have if i, <laughs> if I screw this one up they're not gonna ask me back Yes, we are all here together to discuss a very um, interesting topic about social media and music industry today, guys. Like this one's going to be a definitely interesting topic, and we definitely want to hear your guys' opinions and inputs. I'm honestly like really excited to be discussing this topic on social media platforms and music industry today. And I just cannot wait to hear what you two have to say because it is, you know, Sherry, you are correct when you were saying how from your generation to our generation, there's such a huge difference in that right. for music and social media platforms. So I'm really excited to get started on this topic. I know you all are familiar with the interview of Andy where he's drawing. Oh, yeah. I think it's all press mm -hmm. and he's drawing and he's answering, answering these questions while he's drawing. You know, Andy speaks a lot on the topic because he was like kind of in between like what the industry was back in our day and what it is now, you know, for the younger generation that's into Black Veil Brides, like the, the teenagers that are into Black Veil Brides. I find it interesting how he brought up the fact that he doesn't know what to expect from fans. Like he, he doesn't know what they expect from him either. But I think there's a huge expectation when it comes to the fan base now, as far as bands are concerned. Chris and I have talked about this topic before, but this is why we wanted to get on and do this. You know, back in the day, we knew very little about bandmates. We knew what we read in a magazine and what they might say in an occasional interview, but we knew nothing of their personal lives. So that is like a huge difference right there. How old are you, Ruth? You're a baby. You're, <laughs> you're a little baby. 27. And Nicole, she's, are you the same age? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You came into like the whole music scene with already access to like what, like you just like personal lives of band members, right? Oh, yeah. So can you imagine what that's like not knowing anything about them? <laughs> well i mean it sounds terrible i don't yeah, like not knowing you know what was interesting about that was that there was a little more mystery liking bands aerosmith or kiss were two of the bands that i first started liking when i was a teenager and so the only way i could find out anything about them or any pictures i could see of them was yeah. when it parader magazine or cream i had to go to a 
to like a pharmacy or grocery store to get a rock magazine. And then I would pray that there would be an article about my favorite band or some pictures of right. them. Because there wasn't anything in the newspapers, obviously. I mean, they weren't covering rock bands in the newspapers. You know, every once in a while, you'd have a TV show late at night on a Saturday or something. There was a show called The Midnight Special that had Wolfman Jack on it. And he would have all of these hard rock bands or just regular rock bands. And that would be the only time. And that's the only time we'd ever see these bands on TV. That was pre-music television. That was pre-MTV, right? right? In the 70s, MTV didn't come along till like around 1987. It was probably closer to 1982. That was a revelation. The only time we would see a music video, if it was on one of those late night shows that was a music central show, or if it was on, right. if the band was big enough that they were on Solid Gold, or which was a was a, a regular TV show that was Solid on. Solid Gold. <laughs> yeah, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that was full disco scene. Yeah. <laughs> they would have rock bands on it. All of our understanding of what a band was and our anticipation of going to see them was was literally a mystery. Yeah. We would see a picture, but we'd hear the album, and we'd play that album out, you know, a vinyl LP out until we had to go buy another one of the same thing because we just wear the damn thing out. Being here when Andy got, got started and seeing how his journey and how important social media was and really how important it was to them getting signed. Andy was 18 years old, got his first recording contract. He's probably playing the regional circuit and touring another four or five years before he gets a recording contract. Right, before he actually got a recording contract. Yeah. So yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but I would almost guess if Andy was not in the music industry, he would not be on social media at all. <laughs> That's just That's my cool. guess. Yeah, now he wouldn't. Andy's time on social media is usually filled with no matter how hard he tries to say or do the right thing or try to be a, a positive force for his fan base and for uh, other people, there's always going to be somebody who finds fault with it and criticizes him. You know, the old expression, you can't win for losing. That's basically what it is for Andy. I mean, he just did a thing recently where he supported uh, and was very upset about the the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade. Oh, and, he about, and he talked about how this was a he was in support of women all over the world. And but the message to start with on social media was to try to be a positive person and say something right. and say things of, of that are actually of that matter to other people, to a large right. quantity of people. You could put things up there about, hey, I, I think I was thinking about going bowling tonight. And put that on as a, as a tweet and everybody's like, oh, you're so funny. Andy does not use social media for that. You don't see right. him putting up like one liners or here's what I'm having for dinner tonight. Yeah, it's strictly business with him. Obviously, he used to talk more to the fans and every once in a while he'll still come on and, and talk to people. But doesn't I don't think he hardly spends any time on Twitter anymore. Instagram is probably the only place you see him and usually it's pictures from the shows or or something along those lines. Oh, so he's not posting as much on Twitter? Barely. Like oh, wow. Yeah. like what shows yeah. and stuff coming up. Yeah. Like, it's mostly right. Instagram where he like thanks the fans and then again posts photos of the tours or concerts and then we uh shares reels or anything from companies or interviews he has done but okay it's very rare now that you know he shares his personal life which you know as chris explained like right doesn't do it anymore so not as much i mean he obviously he he feels a certain way about 
certain causes. And Andy is not afraid to speak his mind. He wasn't afraid when the protests were going on for Black Lives Matter to, to march with Juliet and make it known to everybody that that was right. important to him. To the point where he had the band record a song, uh, the 21 Shots, uh, or 41 Shots. song is an important one to us. Uh, it's about sort of the existence of racism in our culture and the fight to end it. This is by Bruce Springsteen. It's called American Skin. 41 shots And we'll take that ride you know, He put stuff out there because he's not your average rock guy. He and Juliet are deeply involved in a, a variety of different causes. And Juliet now has her music video uh, as an advertisement for the, uh, you know, for women's re uh, reproductive health. Curiosity, kind of going back with the old social media, how like you guys, social media wasn't really a thing for your guys' bands. Like you guys had to read magazines, books, yep. you were lucky, a newspaper clip or seeing something on a late night show or yeah. stuff. Like for right. Nicole and I, actually Nicole, I'm actually curious, like what social media platform were you exposed to first growing up out of curiosity? MySpace. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> what were you exposed MySpace. to? Yeah, YouTube and MySpace. It was first YouTube because I, I admit, I grew up in a very sheltered environment. My mom, we didn't have cable. We didn't have that much internet and stuff. I didn't have much internet access, I should say. So like I did grow up reading books and magazines. YouTube was generally the social media platform where I kind of discovered a lot of things, hence the Knives and Pens music video too. And then I saw MySpace. Hello, MySpace. <laughs> yeah. But I would like to point out that I think that's actually one of the biggest reasons why I personally love Blackville Brides is because they are more than just a rock and roll band so I'm glad you right. said that that I'm and that would uh that's one of the things that that I I've, I've said to people is that Andy has more of a punk rock attitude and a punk rock ethic he's more involved in in causes than the standard rock and party heavy metal that's really nice of you to say I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear that that means something to you no it's a I mean it is a safe space I mean you have to pick your battles though because if you put yourself out there too much you're going to put yourself in a in a position that's the thing with social media like I have a love-hate relationship with it you know I love what it does you know does have a love-hate relationship with social media and just the internet in, in general like right. you can stick up for things and then obviously these are the trolls the haters the people what i like to call have no lives who just want to hate on things for no reason and everything yeah. and just want to start troll. an argument it's interesting that you said that because you guys know i really enjoy clapping back at those trolls i do that quite a lot no not you chris you never do that it's hard to believe. I try to do it in a very matter of fact way. Like, and sometimes I'll actually go, right. Or I know, right. And then I'll put a question mark, but then I'll show them visual evidence that goes against what exactly what they said. And I find that a lot of people are over the years threw that stuff out there because they thought they would get a lot of people to agree with them. What I found is that as the band continues to make a career, there's not nearly as many people for them to 
to do that. Some people didn't get the memo. But now, number one, there's a lot of people that are going to ignore that because they don't care about it. Number two, a lot of Black Veil Brides fans and they're adults, many of them. If you go to the shows, those are the kind of of tweets that I see. Number one, I think it's fun for fans to be able to say, you're wrong, and here's some visual evidence. Social media is good for that. And and I think it galvanizes the fan base. Like I did one where a person said, uh, uh, it's official, uh, you can grow out of, or or I, I, I grew out of, Something about grew out of my black veil brides phase. Oh, or, Max, like let's just admit it, black veil brides is a phase for everyone. Right, I was like, right. please, right. no. And, and so, so I, there was there was a thing that happened with that that I didn't coming. It wasn't even my intention. It grew organically from the fan base, and it's growing yeah. today. Go back to Twitter, you'll see it today. I just put a thing out there that said some people, dot, 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 as in not all people. And then there's a picture of Andy standing in front of 100,000 people at download. But people then started answering that person or and me, copying me on it, where they were showing their tattoos. But ultimately what it comes down to is if you are consumed with trying to find somebody who will tell you that you're cool, if that's your focus, you're a loser. Because you're trying to gain, you're trying to gain favor with an a, a unknown entity out there on social media. Thank you, thank when you. An unknown it, entity. <laughs> right. You could just live your life. Right. If you like something, like it, and you enjoy it, then that's good. And one of the things I said was, I waste so many years of my young life trying to gain the favor of people who wouldn't have given a shit about me anyway. Right. And, um, right. and if I would have just known what I knew as I got older, I wouldn't have wasted those years on that. I just spent them doing the things that I loved with the people I really liked. Right. That's a learning process for sure. You know, I want to say earlier in your um, response, you mentioned, you use the word career with Black Veil Brides. And I like the use of that word because, you know, if you think about the music industry back when we were younger, you either made it or you, nobody had no idea who you were. It yeah. was one or the other. You look at it and you go, you talk about, oh, the days of like making it big and making millions off your music. And I know you look at it sometimes and, and think, um, you know, or even Andy may look at it sometimes like we're, we're never going to get to that point, selling out arenas and making millions of dollars. That fact like would kind of upset me sometimes. I'm like, no, they deserve to be big. But at the same time, I also realize again, that love hate relationship with social media social media keeps them relevant if it wasn't yeah. for social media they could phase out just like any other rock band that has phased out over the years the the fact that we have the constant access they have the constant access to the fans he, they can keep their interests keep their interests going that's a really yeah. good point Jerry. i i'm glad that you, that you that you brought that up because you know andy was a kid of the obviously of that era and you and a lot of the fans knew him before Black Veil Brides of being Andy Six from MySpace. I used to uh, kind of tease him about it when he first started because we had our little computer down down here in the basement and it was dial up. You know, I, I, as an old man, I'd be like, oh, you're spending way too much time on the computer. Why don't you go out and, you know, do something right. Right. You know, <laughs> and I, I didn't realize that what he was doing was building a brand right. as a really young person. When he started playing shows in Cincinnati, they were packed. They would draw more people to their shows than national acts would that they were opening for. When they first started playing, there was a there was a band called 
close to home. The first time that they came in, Black Bell Brides was the opener. They made them the opener. When Black Bell Brides was done, Andy said, we'd like to meet you guys. Come on back to our merch table and we'll take pictures and sign whatever. Well, these guys were laughing at him. And I was working on the stage doing the lights and the fog machine and everything. I was sitting behind the drum kit. I, I set up all the props on the stage. I saw the guys in the other bands, these national bands, and they were like laughing at him. Like, first of all, they're laughing at him because of the makeup. And second of uh -huh. all, they're laughing at him. Right. The bottom line was that ultimately these bands that would come in learned you wanted the crowd to stay for your set or to see your your thing that you would move Black Veil up that version of Black Veil up to second or third as a result you would pay them more than just the here you get a dollar for every five dollar ticket you sell these national bands were smart enough to move them up to second or third which i can tell you other bands that were on the tour when they would find out when they get to cincinnati or northern North kentucky when they would find out that on this tour package you're going to be playing after the locals or before the locals they did I'm not sure like they weren't happy no you know there's a thing in the paradise city where I was band. just going to bring that up. I was literally go. just going go to bring that up. Go for it. Go for of it. Like, uh, yeah, because when you were talking about that, my mind went to the Paradise City season one. I don't remember which episode was it where um, Cameron, his character, I forgot the name of the band in the series, The Fox mm -hmm. or something? The Fox? Mm -hmm. How in that one scene where they were doing all this uh, concert and everything, this, man, this other band came up and demanded we're playing last and they're like... Mm -hmm okay you can play last right. a joke yeah. saying, like, they will learn because these were all locals visiting right. for this one particular band and then in, in the other scenes you see this one band like go crazy all the fans are there and then the last band comes barely anybody there like right. no one was there right. and, like they're like what just happened like where are all these other people that were just here <laughs> I, I can tell you that when amy and i watched uh, paradise city the first time we saw that we both looked at each other like, yep. We <laughs> I remember that. We I, I uh, kind of just wanted to kind of go back to the love-hate relationship with the internet and how much that affects like anything in general. Nicole and I were texting each other last night and she brought up something that I thought, hey, you know, she has a good point of it. So I don't mean to put you on the spotlight, Nicole, but do you want to take the what <laughs> you were telling me about it? So I was, but real quick before I get into that, it, like, this will kind of go okay. in to it in a way I did want to make a comment uh, I wanted to add on to uh, Chris when we were discussed when we were all discussing like social media platforms and how like a lot of people use like the hate towards black for brides to gain views I will say I personally feel that a lot of those people are willful willfully willfully ignorant because they haven't even listened to a single yeah. other album besides we stitch these wounds and that's what bothers me so much because I have um, one of my best friends is a huge metalhead. He's in a metal band, all this stuff. He's that type of person that would make fun of Blackville Brides. I have introduced him. I have sat him down, made him listen to every other CD. He likes them now. He's told me time and time again, like, wow, he's like, if this is amazing, he's like, their new work is incredible. And I'm just like, these people do not, they're, they just, they're not willing to listen to anything brand new. They're stuck in the past and yeah. i just well that's the hard, that's what that's that's what makes it difficult for a young person to uh get into rock and roll for me if i couldn't hum the song or if i couldn't remember what the what the the hook was uh and the song didn't stick right 
So I thought that maybe rock lost an audience for your generation. I do think there is a certain level of my music was the best and nothing else matters. And I'm going to live in the past. But if they actually listen to Black Veil Brides, they would hear something that they might like from the past in that band. You know, um, I recently had a conversation with my brother who's just a year older than me. He literally said to me for the first time ever, he goes, man, I'm sorry for on you for the music you listened to back in the day because he was like hardcore Iron Maiden fan you know like just like that kind of metal and I you know when he said that to me I was like wait a minute you me like I never even knew that he did but I guess in his own mind he did like he was making fun of me behind my back with his friends and things like that mm-hmm. for the different types of music that I listen to you know listening to Susie and the Banshees and the Cure and things like that and he's all but man he goes I listen to that music now and I'm like how did I not like this stuff you know but it's because we concern ourselves or people concern themselves with what they think other people think of you because of what you listen to right yeah it's, so it's labels and categories if you're a metal person you couldn't like the sex pistols you couldn't like right. the damn you couldn't like billy idol i never looked at myself as the type of person that just liked one type of music at any period in my life i loved music music is music you know i i'm curious though like ruth and nikki like do you like experience that whole need to when we talk about people being concerning themselves with the type of music that they listen to and what other people think of them because of it. Yes. (laughs) For me, I will admit growing up, I wasn't exposed to rock or metal music whatsoever. Like I obviously heard about like ACDC, Kiss and Motley Crue and um, Twisted Sister, but not for you know listen to them again very sheltered conservative household i grew up in and everything so like my first ever genre of music i was ever exposed to was like (laughs) um hispanic pop like ricky martin that was the very first oh my gosh wow very first artist i was exposed to i still listen to him i still love and been to his one of his concerts and everything but then with social media that's when i just started to see more music and stuff and then i was slowly exposed and then it was weird though because growing up for me at least like all of my friends even my uh family members and classmates knew that oh she listened to a lot of hispanic pops and everything shakira ricky martin uh what etc and so when they heard me talking about black phil brides and everything they're like that these are two different spectrums. You can't like both. You have to pick one. I'm like, why no. can't I like both? Like they kind of like pressured me to like, you have to pick one. You can't just have two styles. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think that's kind of silly. Number one, uh, Black Veil is very popular with the Hispanic uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that I very do know. Popular. That I do know. Yeah. So. Like I could see somebody liking Ricky Martin and liking Black Veil Brides because- <laughs> They both have good-looking frontmen. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. Realistically, why do we watch movies and move with movie stars in them? Some of our favorite movie stars. I why do we watch those movies? Sometimes we're initially we're attracted to a movie or a movie star because they're attractive. My cousin and I say it, it's eye candy. The actor or actress is mostly right. their appearance. Right. But before we dive into that, I just wanted to go through Nicole because she didn't get a chance to answer yeah. Jerry's question. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I personally was introduced to a mixture of everything because 
for me, um, my parents actually lived with, you know, their grandma or with their parents. So I kind of grew up with my grandparents and my parents and my, you know, my mom and my dad being way more into like, like rock and roll and all that old glam while my grandparents were more country and pop. So I feel like for me, I got the best of both worlds. And really, I, that's why I love music. I, you know, people come up to me and like, oh, like what music do you listen to? And I'm like, I just love music. And everyone always asks me to define that. And I'm like, I just like everything. And of course, the number right. one thing I get is you like country music. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like anything that speaks to me I like it that's how yeah. I see it you, like, really you shouldn't like you should just whatever speaks to you whatever makes you like whatever gives you like a field of emotions you should just like it if, I mean you shouldn't have to like hide that right it's very healthy to not just listen to one type of music and put yourself in a put you know yourself in a box I think that's important because you miss out on so many things. But we, we didn't grow up and go, oh, how embarrassing was it that we loved that music when we were kids? That's the difference. And I think, uh, you know, when you look at the generations, I think that what happens a lot, I don't think, I see it on the internet, is people actually get bullied. So there is like a really huge group of Black Veil Brides fans that suddenly became BTS fans. Yeah. And they, yeah. So did you see that switch happen on Instagram where they changed their accounts and everything? I, I did. I will agree with Nicole's statement. Like music is music. It doesn't matter what genre it is. If it speaks to right. you, like it, go for it. You should right. flip all the haters. But right. it's just like, but like when I see, it's like going back to that comment, Chris, of that one Twitter post, of like BBB was just a phase. When I see fans like all of a sudden switch to BTS and like, they're like completely done with BBB. Like they're done. Like right. their yeah. accounts are like music choices is like gone to BBB. And it's all about this, for example, BTS, K-pop, yeah. which I don't, right. I'm not against it, but I'm just like, well, it's like, so is BBB still a thing? I think a lot of times those people were more into the aesthetics of it of the band that the when they didn't get that initial rush and the aesthetics of the band didn't match what they wanted or they weren't willing to grow with the band musically and they weren't invested in the lyrics and in the in the music as much as they wanted to just have some something to look at and I feel like that's the one thing that I do see on social media. It's like, what's trending these days now? Like the right. trends. And so when it comes to music, at least for when we, at least from my experience in high school and middle school, like people would crave about this one band and this one particular song and everyone would hop on that train. And then another band and artist dropped another type of album or music. And then everyone's like, ditch this artist. Let's go to this artist and everything. When like, when I met Nicole for the first time and everything, and like, we had a lot of comment about BBB and stuff. I'm like, I can relate to her. We're like loyal fans. We're stuck <laughs> in there, even through all the they've been through we were there we were loyal and supportive and everything I'm like ah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I still get messages from people that I used to go to school with or just used to talk to online and they'll message me and they'll be like hey do you still like Blackville Brides I'm like do you not pay attention to my page I know same here, <laughs> same here. Uh, yeah it, there's just a certain amount of ridiculousness did we lose her <laughs> No, he's just showing off. <laughs> I gotta go plug my phone in. That's why I was watching. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's ridiculousness, but there's a lot of bullying that goes on. So if people are like, Yes, I listen to Black Veil Bride still, they get bullied for it. 
BTS fans or BTS or, you know, it's just, there's a lot of bullying. It's unfortunate because that kind of dictates, you know, again, talking about like the success of a band is very much controlled. These waves that happen on social media. When it comes to social media and um, Nicole, you can totally hop in when you want to. Social media is very powerful, negative or positive in its yeah. Yeah. If it's BBB, the members or anyone in general, like they have this power. Like even if even Nicole and I, we have like this, we don't have a lot of power, but we do have the small power to kind of spread news around or news or of any topics. And so it it's just it's just interesting how it works because like here I know I like Nicole, you talk talked to me about this a little bit last night. Yeah, Ruth and I were kind of talking last night and we were discussing earlier, like before we met up a little bit earlier before you guys came on. And what you know, we were kind of just discussing about how the, a lot of the power is in the hands of the people who use social media because I was telling her if you look at an artist that has say over 50,000 followers and whether they do music, they're a creator, they are a streamer, whatever it is that they do, they have this following. I believe that those types of people with that kind of following, if you have the power to share and like and comment on other artists, um, on other artists's, um, you know, post to help get their to help spread their stuff you share it it's going to go onto the algorithm and there is they're going to get higher on there the person that has the 50,000 followers they share something of black veil brides there could be fans of that follower who have never heard of black veil brides but they're going to see that share and they're gonna be like well I like you know I follow this person I like them so I'm going to go ahead and see what they shared and then right there that person can then be like oh my god how have I not seen these guys before then they're going to share and it's the continue shares that really help every starving artist out there, even non-starving artists. But I think the problem that we kind of have with social media is not a lot of artists are willing to share the love with other artists, if that makes any sense. I feel like not a lot of people share content with other, you know, with their followers. I don't think it's that that way in, in some other music. I think that especially in hip hop, you see hip hop artists who are doing collaborations with each other and who are talking each other up. But in hard rock in particular, it's kind of been encouraging your own fans to discard or dismiss. And that even started with, and I hate the name of band, but I watched a documentary and one of the, and it was a, a Metallica documentary. And uh, James Hetfield talked about how Metallica fans completely uh, dismissed and yelled and screamed and flipped off and everything else the other bands that were playing before them and how much he enjoyed that he enjoyed it yeah oh yeah how much he loved it those are our fans yeah that's one way of looking at it you're you're pitting people uh like a team you already have a enough in this country where we've got people acting like you can't be this you have to be that you have to be one or the other that's not the way it works with music you should be able to say i like motionless and white i like black the brides i like ice nine kills i like falling in reverse i like bring me the horizon i like one or two or three of all of those or whatever it should be Fuck you black the brides i'm a bring me the horizon fan or a whatever that's but that's kind of the way the rock world has worked over the years. I think that that's, that's something that, that rock has to get past. So, I mean, there, obviously there's pros and cons. Like you said, there's, there's the, 
there's good in social media, there's bad in social media. We can't, I know we don't have time. We can't even go down the road of the cancel culture. Cause that's, oh, what- I mean, <laughs> I was thinking about that. Like, I, so- I, I mean, the cancel culture is brutal. That, yeah. That's a different, that's, I feel like that's a different episode. That is topic. a whole separate topic. That, that is a whole, yeah, um, but it's yeah. real and it's brutal and mm, no. The problem with cancel culture is that there are people who jump on to um, canceling people for things that didn't actually happen in a rumor. Yeah, I've seen people who who are mad at Black Veil Brides and the other bands on the uh, uh, Trinity of Terror because there's a band that's going to be opening that allegedly the person did something and nobody's been convicted of anything. And this person is saying, if Black Veil Brides doesn't uh, allow this band to be on, I won't be a Blackville Brides fan anymore. And I will be disappointed in them. It's like going back to like social media. It's hard. It's it's a tricky social media is just tricky to maneuver, I swear, because yeah. people have all different opinions and then you put a text out and let's say it's a jokingly way for some people they might get it as a jokingly sarcastic way or other people it's just like no they get so offended by that because they take it the wrong way because it's through text it's like you can't really hear the tone of it and it's just right social media is just tricky about social media we you and i have talked about this before but the other thing that, that I noticed is that I know, un- unfortunately for a fan who's not really a fan, but they're just an attention seeker, I know who who are actual, loyal, dedicated, this is my band, I love this band. If you like, like posted a bunch of, about Lady Gaga, that's great. Lady Gaga, uh, I'm interested, whatever. But you're not going to Lady Gaga, tagging her oh. <laughs> about, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, or you're not going to falling in reverse and tagging Ronnie Radke uh, and you're not going to Palette Royale and tagging them. And you're not going to, I mean, like 30 different bands and then pretending that you're a fan, a big fan of this. You're a fan of getting attention. A fan of trying to get attention. Right. That's the hard part because the band, some of these guys will go out of their way to try to be super nice to quote unquote, their most loyal fans. They'll go to that person's, uh, page and then they'll see that yeah you're not really you're just trying to get attention so there's what that does is that makes the band members more reluctant to reach out to the real fan we i've seen a lot of that happen (laughs) over the years they've definitely become more and more apprehensive and i don't blame them it's like a uh, you're collecting baseball cards you're collect or you're getting trying to get a treasure hunt and you want to go see how many how many replies you can get from all of these different band guys and then they'll say i've got a reply from this guy that guy this girl that whatever and then it's like it's like a thing to brag about not like it is like when somebody goes to their band their favorite band show and then they meet that band and how much it matters to them and that's their thing that's an event that's a a memory Uh, it's just hard i mean it's bragging rights yeah exactly it is And when I see that, I just kind of get like, I don't know, what's the word exactly? Frustrated? Grossed, yeah, grossed out. Yeah, it grosses grossed me out. out. Nicole, were you going to say something? Sorry, you were. I think you were trying to mention brought it, bring up something. I was going to mention something on the cancel, a, a part of the cancel culture is a lot of that I feel like stems from a lot of whether it's musicians or not, things that have happened in the past. You have like 
other people that come around that didn't know about it, they dig it up. And then I feel like they start sharing old news with the world, but trying to make it sound like it just recently happened. No, and then they yeah, tend to yeah, over-exaggerate yeah. It. It's exactly like yeah. that. Like the creator I told you, Nicole, about Jenna Marbles, exactly yeah. happened with her. So You know, yeah. you know that's a, that's a, a, that used to drive me nuts that no matter how long ago it was that Andy got in in an argument with somebody at one of the shows when he was a teenager, you know, when he was 18, 19, 20 years old, how long ago that was, and no matter whether the date was on the video, people would always say, hey, look, I told you he was a Well, he was 19. It's all manipulation in a way. Like, I've seen fans right. get on, like, TikTok or YouTube, like, they'll get a clip of Andy or either of the guys where they're just, like, young and reckless, I will admit. Yeah. And right, drunk, yeah. and like, look, 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 look. I'm like, I'm here, like, yeah, that was like in the year 2009, 2010. Yeah, we were all 18. We were all 18. Drunk out, blackout nights before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I personally yeah. feel that a lot of the so called haters, though, I think they secretly, not all of them, but I do feel like some secretly like Black Brides, but they're too scared to admit that for whatever reason they're in embarrassed for and it's just sad it is sad but i've seen i've gone to shows where there have been people who aren't fans of bbb or any other band playing but they buy the ticket so they can haggle fans and the band and i'm like you're really just supporting them putting money in people's pockets yeah you're ruining the show for people but it's like yeah i've seen i've seen hecklers i've seen people who make a big uh do and brag about it in advance. They make a big to do out of uh, out of the fact that when that band plays, I'm going to go to the rep bathroom, or I'm leaving, or I'm going to go outside, or I don't want to have to see them, or whatever it is. And sometimes it's the bands that are supporting Blackfell Brides on a headliner tour, and their band is opening or is the is the supporting act for Blackfell, and they'll say shit about Blackfell, even though the only reason they're on that tour is because Blackfell said. Okay, a lot of these bands they have to pay to get on tours. They've got if the record label's willing to pay for them to get the exposure, playing with a band that has a big audience, then they'll put up the money to help to, to do that. So the people that are that are making fun of, which I think is hilarious. I mean, at this point, at this point, it's it's funny. It used to yeah. be aggravating, right? It used to be right. really aggravating, but now it's just funny. It Twelve is. years into this thing. <laughs> Uh, there's been nine albums that have come out from that group, including the two Andy Black albums. So they've had nine re record releases from the for the fans. And I'd say mo the vast majority of the people that, that like Blackfield, and a lot of them went to the tours too. So there really hasn't been a gap in time where people were like, well, I've been able to see uh, Andy or Blackfield Brides in other than the pandemic years. It was pretty consistent. Either we, whether the band was, BBB was touring, There'd be an Andy Black tour, then back to Blackfield, then another Andy Black tour. You know, so for the most part, there was always something, some product coming out, something that fans could enjoy. I feel like the people who, at this point, after all this time, are still taking uh, 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 you know shots at Blackfield Brides, are just ignorant and willfully ignorant. Like Nikki said, they're will, they're they're intentionally uh, trying not to uh, give them a shot. Give them a chance, which, you know, whatever. They made it 12 years into their career and they sold, you know, they've got a gold record. They've got millions and millions of streams. They're one of the highest uh, viewed 
U- uh, bands in U- uh, YouTube history as far as uh, the number of views that their, their music videos have had. You know, they've done pretty damn well for themselves and their fans continue to support them and give them a career and their fans continue to, and their fans continue to get older and they have j- jobs and they buy stuff. And then they're, in a lot of cases, they're, they're having their own kids and, you know, I mean, it's, that's kind of the way it works. I think it was really a good move, a strategic move for them to tour with Ice Nine Kills and Motionless and White. Um, because I know a lot of people, it's, well, you saw this on the internet. Yeah. That the division that was there before they started touring. So yeah. they're, yeah, they're like the people. Yeah. Where, where, would that, where was that division coming from? I mean, let's be honest. It wasn't self Brides fans when they no. found out tour saying, oh, God, I can't believe I got to listen to Blackville Brides. I don't want to. Right. And, and I'm not pointing fingers at fan bases. I'm just saying that Blackville Brides fans, and that's the people that watch this show, are known for being very open and, and willing to listen to other bands and give the other bands uh, that play on the on a package, on a, on a, right. a show, give them the same level of respect they give to anybody who's a, a, a professional or a touring musician. And that right. is they don't, they don't act uh, off and they certainly and I don't ever see I don't I can't remember ever seeing this and maybe I, maybe I'm just a collective memory or whatever but I don't remember seeing Blackville Brides fans saying I don't want to see this band or I don't want to say they suck or whatever but this particular tour being a tri- basically a triple headliner sh- to me shows that fans of all three of these bands can coexist together and enjoy music together oh yeah it was a yeah. very successful tour and clearly, all three of those bands are great. They're great bands. It's a very good, it's a very good tour. What you, what you want is you want to see growth. And I think that's the one thing that all of us can agree is that Blackfield Brides does not take a step back. They right. always move forward. And they always, the next album, the next record, the next thing that you hear from them shows their growth as musicians, as writers, Andy as a singer, all of these things. Right, right. Just out of curiosity, have Black Veil Brides been affected by this whole supply and demand problem that's a result of the pandemic? Well, clearly it's a huge uh, downer for them with regard to physical product, particularly the comic book situation. Very... The action figures is very disappointing. What is the deal with that? I'm sorry. Like, it's a I mean, man. Listen, I ha- I have to say this, and it has nothing to do with music, but it literally is a thing just everywhere. So my husband went to go drive through Arby's, and they're like, "We have no beef." And I went to Panera, and they're like, "We have no bagels." Like, oh, what, yeah. this is well, literally- supposedly though that like that's what i was actually i think telling ruth about like you guys know the whole johnny depp and amber heard trial apparently right, right. while everyone was busy focused with that we had 15 gigantic warehouses like food warehouses burned to the ground that just weren't covered yeah. i guess i yeah. was like wow oh my yeah. gosh well I mean, you know remember that black girl was going to put out uh, the phantom tomorrow in like april or may of 2021 like june or something mm-hmm. or right yeah. I was and like, about, yeah, June, July, something, yeah, like, that. something like that. And then it became just obvious that they did, that what they normally would do wasn't going to be able to happen. They weren't going to be able to get CDs, enough of them. 
for the fans. Mm-hmm. They weren't. They certainly weren't going to be able to get any vinyls yeah. if they would have put it out at that time. And the yeah. fans said, you know, that's why. Are, why don't you have vinyls? Why? Are, I mean, you know, what? What? Where's the? Where's the bundles? Where's the packages? The things that we're kind of used to. Just decided that he didn't want to put the album out until it was everything that a Blackfield Brides album should be and should have with it. That's why it's tough for the MTVs of the world, the MTV Music Awards or the Grammys or other places to include rock as uh, something that they feature because they don't necessarily see bands like Falling in Reverse that's got some some songs that are on the radio that are doing really well or a band like Blackville or a band like Bring Me the Horizon. All three of those bands should have been nominated for Grammys before and they should have definitely been on right. AMAs. All three yeah. of those bands, they're big enough in the rock scene and people know of them and all three of those bands could headline in, in, in the future, in the very near future. They could all headline in a day at Download. All three so of them. I wanted to bring up a point talking about just the industry again, going into the industry today. Talking about what a band has to do nowadays to, one, maintain relevancy enough to sell enough albums, get enough listeners, sell enough merch to continue to do what they love. So I wanted Chris to kind of touch on that a little bit more, understanding what Andy and the guys have to go through just to continue. Because, you know, I think Chris and I talked about this too in the past where you look at even not just Andy. Andy's ha- has a million projects. Why does he have a million projects? Well, kind of because, well, he likes some of them, but he, he kind of has to. You look at Jake, you look at Jinx and how they're off doing different things to help generate more income. CC as well, when he was off doing things with Falling in Reverse, you know, they have to do these other things in order to continue to make a living so they can continue to make music. And I just want to put this in there right now because when Nikki earlier talked about how Black Veil Brides is more than just a band, because they are, and we see them that way. They do so much more than just produce music that their fans want to hear. And I just have to say how much I appreciate that they do that. I know there was a, there was a moment where we thought Black Veil Brides was going to be no more. And it's like your heart just like, yeah. I'm hoping Chris can touch a little bit on, you know, what, what it takes for, for these guys to continue to do what they're doing. Yeah. It's all about the side hustle now, isn't it? Income streams can come in a variety of different ways. Uh, If you know that Jake, Jinx, Lonnie, and Cece all have sponsorship deals and they can actually sell their image or their autograph on them themselves. Andy cannot do that. Andy does not, because of the fact that the when the contracts are signed and everything, Andy is not allowed to sell his own stuff because he is the right. face in the Blackfield Brides. So right. that is an extreme that if you'll notice during the tour, the other guys will sell their jacket, yeah. the part of a VIP package or a special thing that they do. Andy cannot write up you know grab a bunch of sure mics and write his name on them and have a special uh thing with the fans because that's not allowed the other guys probably could couldn't or shouldn't but the record label is not going to lose their shit if if they do i i laugh a lot of times when people are like it's not fair such such and such gets all the attention well they all get paid the thing Okay, it doesn't matter how they all get paid exactly the same. You've got that element. But Andy, because of the fact that he is the front man and because he does have a certain level of fame, 
can do side hustles himself. He could do a solo project. I mean, so that's the downside. There's an advantage to being the front man that everybody kind of recognizes as the face of the band. And that means he gets opportunities to do movies. But Andy's been doing the Andy show for quite a while. You know, he's kind of uh, established his brand, if you will, of, of being a good communicator, somebody that's got a good sense of humor and somebody who you can put in front of a camera and is going to do a good job for you. So that, of course, led to him being friends with people like Ryan Downey, who did a lot of interviews with him. Ultimately leads to a book that came out. So that is kind of a requirement now of being a, a, a successful musician is... Number one, it pays the bills. But number two, even when Blackville doesn't have a new album out, Andy has an Edgar Allan Poe book and, and thing that's coming out for people to talk about Andy Black and Blackville Bryant. There's so many things that you can continue to stay in the public's eye and have people still thinking about your band. And so that's, to me, that's the thing that you have to have nowadays that you never had to have back in the days when when cherry and i were watching bands and everything else okay let, let me put it this way there are bands that everybody thinks were massive bands because they had a they, they had a gold record or multiple gold records or whatever but they are they were not known by as many people as that know who andy is or who blackville brides is but by the measurements that they were using in those days Cinderella was a band from the 80s. Right. They were bigger than Blackville Brides by the measure of that time, which was record sales. If you go by how many people have viewed Blackville Brides music videos, how many people have listened to their, their songs on streaming, how many people know of the band members, blows them away as far as notoriety by the general public. It's just a different day and age. And those bands were able to make a record and go on a tour and then when they were done, they all bought mansions and sports cars and they lived in their house and everything else. They didn't have to do anything else. No, they lived off of that one album for several years. That's not the way it is today. In general, you had a hit record as a, like Quiet Riot had a hit record or whatever. You could live off of that for years. But Blackvale has to put product out there and they have to do it regularly. And that's why you have a band that, that understands that an album's not enough. We need to have a comic book to go with it. Include a documentary of how he made this this record. Right. I was going to say, if you think about how good re that Legion of the Black was, for what it was, which was essentially a full-length music video representing the album itself. It wasn't a movie that had acting, speaking lines for the most part, or a lot of other things. It wasn't set up for that. It was set up to be a long form music video, which by the way, Legion of the Black should have been nominated for a Grammy Award. That, that movie. I agree. <laughs> it's art. <sighs> it Alive and Burning. Oh yeah. Incredibly mm -hmm. high selling, high, higher selling than some major acts. That should have been uh, nominated for a Grammy because it was one of the best concert films, not only yeah. visually, but uh, the sound was amazing on that. So good. It felt like you were really at the show. The way that rock flourishes is people like Nikki and Ruth. If it weren't for for this generation, they give me hope. Right. You, you know, you guys give me hope because I see two young women, professional 
uh, women who are grew up at, from, as teenagers who were fans of the band who are now, you know, moving on into your own careers and everything else. And you are still huge fans of the band. And that's the kind of fan that can influence other people. They are fans in the true sense of the word. Yeah. A fan. It does give us a little hope. It does. You, this, you this, show, this show gives me a lot of hope. I'm, I'm yeah. In my wildest dreams, I could never have imagined they would do so. I mean, I knew that they were going to be good together when I talked mm -hmm. to Ruth about Nikki and, and having her as a, the, with a co-host. But I never would have guessed how quickly they would adapt to, I don't know, either of you guys have like, I know that you had made videos, don't get me wrong. Did you have a have you learned on the fly how to do so many things uh, to make the show better visually, graphics wise? Um, error, trial and error. Trial and error, right? Literally, right? like from audio, from having fans on, from like informing them and Zoom links and everything. Right. Trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> and and we every, do discuss every, that in our 50th episode. So, every <laughs> wow. Every week 50th. I see something, just a little something that I go, oh, that I like how they That's added that or did this or whatever. So, <laughs> I, I personally find myself when I watch each episode each week thinking about. How when it first started, how what I thought maybe the best I could hope for, and then how much better it is than I would even imagined, and right. how they just getting better and better and become more comfortable not only with each other, your rhythm back and forth, the way you ask questions, their your comfortability with each other, your friendship has grown uh, as you know through through the entirety of it. It I think the audience uh, is very tunes in just to see you guys laugh sometimes. And yeah. have a good, I don't think he necessarily is even the topic doesn't even need to be the, the, the most serious thing. I think sometimes it's just about going to a place and feeling like this is my home. This is where I belong. These are people who love the same thing I love and I want to. All right. Well, before I have to go, I just wanted to wrap up with this. I was talking about, I was talking to Ruth about uh, mentioning the contest that is still going, by the way. Okay. So the contest is still going on. I, I mentioned, I mean, at least my Instagram followers that at the end of this month that I'm going to be full active on there again and promoting and pushing and but in the meantime, I've still just been buying products and send it, having it sent directly to Ruth for them to open on the episodes. But I did want to bring up the contest because it kind of ties into, again, like the, just the industry today and why I did the contest. There have been in the past like fans that have been like, oh, well, you know, I just don't have the money to buy their merch. And they get upset and they say like, well, I'm just as big of a fan, but just because I don't have the money to buy their merch doesn't mean I'm not a big fan. I hope that fans don't feel that way. Started this contest as a way to show that fans can show their support by just playing the hell out of their music constantly. Like those streams mean everything. And I know they make a fraction of a penny per stream, but that's not even the point. It's not the point of like how much is Black Veil Brides going to get paid from all these people just playing their music constantly to be part of this contest and win a big prize. But just it's the exposure and it's showing your support through that exposure by just 
bumping up those views, bumping up those plays, those streams and those numbers rising. That is really why I started the contest at the beginning of the year. So I hope that I just want to like say thank you to everybody who has been a part of it. I will be back. <laughs> I will be promoting and encouraging people yeah. to keep playing that music. So I will be back. You know, don't give up. Keep playing. Keep streaming the music because this prize at the end of the year is ridiculous. Oh. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Those those three people that win are going to be three very lucky and happy Black Veil Brides fans. Oh, I will I say. Can't wait. I can't Thank you for that. doing that. Thank you you for doing this. It's amazing. Absolutely. I want people to still keep going strong. And if in again, too, if people are just now hearing about this, like getting on your, getting on your podcast and like hearing about the contest just now, I would still encourage people. We're talking like almost a half a year left and there are people who have dropped out and given up. So don't like, if you're just jumping in, just start streaming because you just never know what people are going to do. Definitely uh, share your numbers at the end of the year. We always like to see them. Well, we hope you guys enjoy this long episode. There was a lot of information thrown out from us. And honestly, I have learned a couple of things that I didn't even know of the music industry today. And I hope you guys who are watching or listening learn cool, interesting facts, too, about social media and just the music industry today than how it was before and everything. We mentioned we might have to do a part two, honestly, because we barely just got the tip of the iceberg. Just think of that meme of the tip and all other things underneath the waters. Just dip the toe in the water, pretty much. So we may have to do a part two. So if you are interested in part two, leave it in the comments below. I'm pretty sure we can figure out another time and everything for this. Or a topic, maybe a different topic. Different topic, exactly. I just want to say thank you, Sherry and Chris, for coming on and discussing these type of topics because this is something that it's on everyone's mind and everything. But I'm just very grateful that we were able to find a time and everything to to talk this out. So yeah, thank you. I'm really happy to have be on with Sherry because she's one of my favorite fans. Uh, and I, I love talking to her. I love the passion that she has for the band. And I just wanted the two of you to know I'm so proud of you for what you've done with the show. Wow. Every time. I, I, as, I know that, that I don't want to make that sound all uh, mushy or whatever, but I just want you to know that uh, I, I watch the show every week and I'm, I love what you guys are doing. There's truly so much work that goes into it. I don't know how y'all keep up with it, honestly. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was so amazing though. It's always amazing to see you guys and to talk with you guys. And we just really appreciate the both of you taking time out of your busy schedules to to come on the show and, and talk with us. So thank, thank you, you a lot, honestly. <laughs> Before we completely wrap it up here, uh BBB fan shout out goes to this wonderful person, his his or hers username, I don't know yet, <laughs> on YouTube is Tyler BBB. You always comment on our YouTube videos, either if that's black emoji hearts or telling us ep- wonderful episode, you guys look great. We see those comments, it makes a smile on your face, the fact that you do it in every single video, it just makes, brings a, heart to our, a smile to our heart. So thank you, Tyler BBB, for 
commenting on every one of our single youtube videos we appreciate it very much so thank you so much yes and if you have a social if you have a social media links like comment below like we'd love to add your social media links into this episode mm-hmm. all right everybody that about wraps up this episode today if you guys don't already know you, you can listen to it on iHeartRadio, google podcast and spotify or you can also as you know watch right here on youtube once again thank you everyone for tuning in and thank you chris and uh Sherry, we do appreciate the both of you and have a great day, you guys. I don't know why I said have a great day. A great night. Have a great night. Good night. Good evening. Good morning. Whatever time you guys are on. (laughs)